This is season four of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. On today's show, we're going to talk about music, animals, fashion, science, and some other goodies. And we'll get news from around the world and we'll open up the mailbag. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode six. Here we go. From Beethoven to Bieber, rock and roll to rhythm and blues. This is totally useless music information with Nick and Roy. That's us. A shout out too to Scott from Go Small Live Lodge. That was really cool. He yeah. did his Wednesday YouTube thing, and I mean, we got so many people were listening in. It's it's just great. It's so. great, and uh, so yeah, go small, live large .com. Check out his website. Even if you're not into RVs, this is our version of our shout out to Scott. So thank you. And if, and, <laughs> and if you want to know how to spell RV, you just did. And if you watch that guy, you'll end up buying one like I did. Oh no! But let's, okay, so let's do music. Yeah, I got one. The first person. That's what I call this. The first person. Oh. Katy Perry was the first entertainer, music entertainer, to have over one million, one, excuse me, one million, 100 million Twitter followers. 100 million Katy Perry. Wow. Wait, I got another one first. Okay. Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. Shakira. Yeah, I'm shaking my <laughs> hips as we speak. Yes. <laughs> Shakira has over 100 million Facebook likes. What's not to like? Shakira, <laughs> Shakira. Ay, caramba. The 1969 Rolling Stones album, Let It Bleed, had a cake on it, if you remember it. If not, look it up. The 1969 masterpiece album from the Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed, had a cake. It was baked. It was a real cake baked by the acclaimed UK cook, Author Delia Smith. Really? And so it's an actual picture of a cake. It's an actual, not a picture of a cake. It's an actual cake. Yeah. And she baked it. Delia Smith on the 1969 Rolling Stones Let It Bleed. Did anybody eat it? That's what well, I want to know. Have your cake and eat it too. It's in a freezer somewhere in jolly old London. Okay. <laughs> Here's a cool one. The rapper Eminem. I forget his actual name. What's his name? I don't know. A plain or peanut? <laughs> no, no. But that guy has had a bunch of hit songs, but he has the distinction of the most words in any hit song. 1,560 words. Wow. Can you imagine? That's 1,559 are curse words, and the, the other one is a sex innuendo. <laughs> but can you imagine 1,500 words? Uh, by the way, for those of you who are shouting at your device, Marshall Bruce Mathers III. Thank you, Marshall Bruce Mathers. Yeah, but uh, like he ma like he Mathers. Yeah, but listen, the third. <laughs> Otherwise, it, it could have done the shortest one, which is the Beatles. She loves you. That's all they say. She loves you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so no effing way. What? She, yeah. The group Chic La Freak was originally called F Off. <laughs> and if you want me to translate it, it was originally called F Off. 
the, I'll bleep, what? Yes. These were the words you that were say that. Well, I will bleep it out. <laughs> I hope I don't get dyslexic. Coof. <laughs> Coof, yes. If you're dyslexic, it's Coof off. Coof off, yes. Goof off. Kufu. 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 That's a great name for a band. That's it. Now playing Kufu. Put your hands together for Kufu. So Kufu. There were these were the actual words that were sung as the main hook. But someone came along and said, no, 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 no. They changed it to freak out before the ah. song was recorded. So there you go. The freak. freak off. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> the oldest musical instrument in the world. Mm -hmm. The oldest was found by archaeologists. Archaeologists. More than yes. one. Yes. Yes. And um, it's a piece of bone that was fashioned with holes in it. It is a bone flute. It is 35,000 years old, and it played in the key of F for FEMA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Boy, there's a real, you know, they got really excited. They all got boners when they saw it. Yeah, and they said, hey, what are you, blowing my leg? <laughs> <laughs> That's not your leg. <laughs> Little bandana, Steve Van Zandt. You know Steve Van Zandt from Bruce Springsteen's band. He played... I I hate Bruce Springsteen, but go ahead. Okay, well, he played in his band. He also, if you remember, if you're a fan of the show The Sopranos, he yes. was Silvio Dante. Now, he wears that iconic bandana. You're thinking, wow, this is a fashion statement. But no, mm -hmm. there's a reason why he does this. That's why it's called The Purpose. There's a reason for it. Hmm? Was that? <laughs> to hold old Zed on. <laughs> Almost. It's to cover a permanent loss of hair from a car accident. He was severely scarred where he hit the windscreen with his head. What? Were you his passenger? No, I, <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> Come on, you know me. You know my bumper sticker. If you don't like the way I drive, stay off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest written song in the world. I love these. I think these are great. Yeah. Folks. Get your pens because these are great. The the oldest instrument, the oldest written song in the world is a Hurrain hymn. H U R R I A N. Hurrian or Hurrain hymn number six. It is 3,400 years old. It was written down. It was a written hymn, and it is the oldest song written down. I guess one through five just weren't big hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like seven up. The previous six formulas didn't quite work. Yeah, it's like, because um, it's a hymn. Right. <laughs> Can a, a female sing a hymn? No, it's a her. She, <laughs> she sang a hymn. Speaking of holy music, the reverend, remember Run DMC? Yes. The rapper? He's actually a reverend. The reverend Run. He's a real ordained minister with the New York Pentecostal Church Zoe Ministries. Oh, the Zoe Ministries. Yeah. Okay. That. Reverend Run. It Where should be I... the Yo the Yo Ministries, but go yo. ahead. <laughs> yo Yo Ministries. Yo Yo Yo. Boom yo, boom. Yo, yo. <laughs> yes. Oh. He was great. Now Leonard Cohen, who's a Canadian, by the way, the writer of Hallelujah is an ordained, or he was an ordained, Rinzai Buddhist monk. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. 
See? I go. really didn't care, but now I know. <laughs> now you know this too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Animals, 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 crazy animals. Uh, by the way, if you want to send us an email, it's really simple. Nickandroy.com. Nickandroy.com. Yeah. Go to nickandroy.com. Go on, because there's all kinds of stuff on there, including pictures of me and Nick. Before we go to animals, I wanted to say something. Uh, Nick has been in radio for how many years, Nick? 30-plus years. Yeah, and radio lost uh, an icon, Rush Limbaugh, uh, this week. And whether you liked him, hated him, whatever, we're all kind of in almost like the radio business because we mm -hmm. do a podcast. You listen to our voices. The guy was a cool guy, and he was a really good guy. So whether you hated what he said or not, he did a lot of nice things in his life. And I hope he's enjoying the afterlife with all the other radio guys that are radio gurus that are up there. Yeah, they're all up there cupping their ears as they speak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rest in peace, Rush. So what are we doing? We're doing animals. You're an animal. Yeah. What, did, you didn't? Filthy animal. You filthy animal. What, you didn't hear the singers? Animal. <laughs> animal. Ah, you animal. filthy animal. <laughs> you know, be, sorry, kitty cat. Because we pay scale, we have to pay those animals twice. Well, a rhinoceros or rhinoceroses, primarily found in northern India and Nepal, have an average lifespan of 40 years. They may be big and bulky, very much like Roy and I. An Indian rhino can weigh as much as an SUV. Big animals. Wow. They can weigh as much as an SUV, but don't underestimate their ability to sprint. Their charges have been clocked at speeds at over 30 miles per hour. Wow. That is, that is faster than a Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> or a Jaguar. <laughs> and they have the ability to jump or change direction as quickly as an Olympic athlete. Really? Rhinos well, I've seen versus... some Olympic athletes. You know, they're not all they're cracked up to be. But now, being that Nick and I, we don't discuss what we talk about. We just say we're going to do animals. And mm -hmm. we each come up with X amount of animal things. Well, Nick had rhinos, right? Yeah. Well, did you know that rhinos, you know how a rhino looks. It has that horn in the front that's turned up almost, right? Yes. The horn is not made out of bone or cartilage like our nose. It's made out of hair. Hair? It's actually matted hair that gets so hard. Did you ever see, like, uh, when a kid gets mat a matted in hair? You can't even get it out. You got to cut it out. Well, the rhino is so hard that it's a, a horn in the front of it. Yeah. So, you beep it every once in a while. Yeah. Man, going 30 <laughs> miles an hour to weighs an SUV. So. It is. Yes. Honk if you're horny. The gold medal goes to the penguins with their striking red-orange beaks. Gen 2 penguins Gen 2 penguins typically make their homes within the rock-ridden grounds of Antarctica. They're the third largest penguin species, but they take the gold when it comes to swim speeds among penguins. They're able to reach 22 miles per hour, and Gen 2 penguins are said to take up as many as 450 ocean dives in one day. And that's just for food. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? They said, oh, I just saw you just came up from the ocean. What did you do? Yeah. What did you eat? I went to this dive. <laughs> I went to this dive and I dress, I overdressed for it. I wore a tuxedo. Okay. <laughs> Scientists have done a study. Well, that's what they do. They found that horses, horses do 
communicate. Of course, they don't speak to each other, so horses use facial expressions to literally communicate. Scientists did a study and see that horses have a multitude of facial expressions that will signal the other horse to tell them what they're looking to say. All of this information, of course, came from a long conversation with a horse named Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. For those of you who are not old enough to know that show, look it up on the Google machine. Yeah. And Mr. Red, it was a, it was a, a television show where the uh, horse was talking. Uh, uh, horses are horses. The horse, of course. <laughs> His owner's name was Wilbur. Hello, Wilbur. Hello, Wilbur. Yeah, I, I think I remember this. Um, we used to work in a bar and a horse came in. Do you remember that day? Oh, sure. Yeah, he walked in and he was, I think he was kind of sad. I say, why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> I said, is it cold out there? He went, <laughs> Just horsing around. So is that a bump on your head? Or are you just happy to see me? The, the Galapagos Islands have hmm. sea lions. The Galapagos Island sea lions are one of the two types of seals found on those Galapagos Islands. I can say that without spitting. These, these, thank you. These sea lions are known for having a huge degree of sexual dimorphism compared to other animals. Now you're thinking, well, what's a sexual dimorphism? It's the conditions where... It's the way I feel about Heidi Klum. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sexual dysfunction. <laughs> so sexual di dimorphism is where two sexes of the same species exhibit different characteristics beyond the differences in their sexual organs. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm really confused. Sure. I mean, I had a hard time with sex in the beginning, but this one's really confusing. I probably would have never had sex. Well, let's go back to the Galapagos Island sea lions. Males can weigh more than four times the weight of their female partners and even have a prominent bump on their forehead that females lack. I thought it said females lick. I misread this. <laughs> <laughs> they, females lack. Okay, make it the little bump on the head, making it far easier to distinguish their gender compared to the most wild animals in of this course. species. Well, we have the same thing. We have a little bump. That yeah, there you go. Our gender. Yeah. Okay. Frogs can be hypnotized. Oh. If you lie a frog on its back, and I don't know why you wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. and gently stroke its stomach, Whoa. the frog will go into a hypnotic trance. Hell, if you lay me on my back and rub my stomach, I'll go. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I know. I might even jump around like a frog. <laughs> and if you kiss me, I might turn into a prince. <laughs> you talk about being a horny toad. So the blue whale is the largest animal on the planet, weighing up to 150 tons and measuring 90 feet long. 90. 90 feet long, okay? Almost 100, not quite 100. It's 90 feet. That's insane. It is. It's a distance between two bases and a baseball diamond. 90 feet. That's, That's how insane. long a whale is. You can take a whale and put it between first base and second base, and it'll fit right in there in between, okay? 90 feet. Give you a visualization of it. That's huge. Yeah. The whales of this size have a massive heart weighing at 1,300 pounds. Is it the size of a Hyundai? Just, well, the size of a <laughs> size of a small car. Yes, it is. Uh, and, and 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 ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by Hyundai. Hyundai. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to move the blood through its colossal body and arteries, its heart beats so powerfully you can hear it from two miles away. 
Really? But wow. you might miss it because the heart only beats eight to ten times per minute. That's insane. That's super slow, but yeah. it's so big, it probably just moves so much damn blood or whatever they have. I guess they have blood. Yeah, well, they're mammals, right? Yeah. Wow. Sponsored by Hyundai, the other Korea, not the one with the bad guy. <laughs> the good the good Korea. The good Korea. <laughs> wow. We know that the sloth is a slow animal, right? We've mm -hmm. discussed this on the show. But did you know that it takes a sloth two weeks to digest its food? Two weeks. So I guess a sloth does everything slow, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, said a female sloth with a smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that a bump on your head? Are you happy to hear me? You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Connie, speaking, of, uh, yes? speaking of sloths, speaking of sloths, that's the way the Hyundai drives. <laughs> Sponsored by Hyundai. <laughs> no, it's as slow as a sloth. We are perpetually in the right lane. I just uh, bought a Hyundai. I love Hyundai. Did you? There you yeah. go. Not joking. It's great. Well, listen, uh, they might. Uh, you might find another Hyundai in your driveway. Gucci or Gucci was the legend behind the brand. We all know, right? Gucci bags. Yeah, sure. The famous GG logo that you know you see that everywhere. Sure, sure. He personally established it in Florence when he was forty years old. Late bloomer. Oh, I did that I did not know. 40. So Gucci starts out at 40. In Italy, he was inspired by Londonese and Englishmen and English women in general. He was We're, inspired by Englishmen. It doesn't sound so good. But okay. okay. I, you know, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. <laughs> nothing at all. More specifically, his inspiration came while working as an elevator operator in London. Really? So he went from a job that had its ups and downs to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ins and outs. At first, he created handbags and briefcases where some of the most popular items are until today even. Gucci or Gucci managed the brand until the very last minute in 1953 when he died. He died while he was working. His son took over the business after his death and promoted all of his products to Hollywood. Well, I'm going to tell you that this is no lie. Last week we were in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah. You cannot get into the Gucci store. There is actually ropes outside and a line and there's 30 people on the line it takes it takes it's like riding a ride at disney world <laughs> or going shopping during a pandemic sure and then you go in there and you pay like 300 dollars for a belt all joking aside well the popular I'm gucci hobo bag was used by elizabeth taylor so her son had a yeah, great idea probably. and and next thing you know you're waiting outside uh you know for a half hour to maybe an hour to get a gucci bag yeah elizabeth taylor was a hobo yeah she, she got was. around. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Did you know in the fashion world, they throw around words, okay, vintage. We all know vintage. Yeah, but I mean, did you know that a vintage garment is not a vintage garment unless it's over 60 years old? Let's hope there's no moths around. But a vintage <laughs> garment or vintage pair of shoes has to be 60 years old, but also less than 100. 100 becomes antique. 60 is vintage. So does that make us vintage? No, not yet. Not quite. We're slightly vintage, possibly somewhat antique. <laughs> sure. Vintage June. No, we're not vintage yet. Vintage. We're, we're, we're good. We're yeah, good. we're still um, youthful. 
No, I'll explain next what we still are. Okay. No, thanks. You know, usually when um, clothing company and, and shoe companies would go after celebrities to have them endorse their product, right? Yes. Okay. In 2011, the Wall Street Journal reported that Abercrombie and Fitch had mm-hmm. offered Jersey Shore star Mike the Situation Sorrentino a uh, deal. They gave him a deal. Uh, uh, they asked him to stop wearing their clothes. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you big dope. Right? So usually, like I said, celebrities, you What's know. What's the guy's name? What's his full name? His name is Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch called him up and he was like, who's this? Abelacamba and, and Finch? You know, okay, you big dope. Stop yeah. wearing our clothes. <laughs> well, the somewhat fast fashion brand is known for its appeal to college kids, but perhaps the situation was a bro too far. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah forget yo, about it. Yeah, I didn't yo. go to college. I yeah. did, actually. I dated a girl in college. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, kids. I know you were waiting for this one. I was. With bated breath. Ew. Presented by Hyundai. No. <laughs> <laughs> retro. Okay, people usually refer to retro as old clothing. Or vintage, but we just learned that it can't be vintage because vintage, well, it could be, but it would have to be 60 years old or less than 100. Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize that. But retro doesn't even have anything to do with the age of the garment. It's the style. Retro is a word that means a copy of a vintage style. So to be retro, you take a 60-year-old garment, you make it new, and it becomes retro. Oh, I get it. Okay. So those of you in the fashion industry know that, but those of you now on our show can run around and make believe you know what the hell you're talking about. Because right. me and Nick don't, because I don't know what the hell we wear every day. <laughs> We're yeah. lucky we put underwear on. And that's retro. <laughs> no, that's vintage underwear. <laughs> My underwear are vintage. Yeah, it's Granny's years. bloomers. <laughs> My underwear was so old, they have three legs. Yeah, what was Rodney Dangerfield's joke? He says, when I put on the Fruit of the Looms, I heard the fruits giggling at me. (laughs) The British fashion of wearing hats was started by Queen Elizabeth I in 1571. She decreed that everyone over the age of seven had to wear hats. You'll still see both men and women sporting smart hats at special occasions in England especially at regattas and horse races and garden parties and weddings. But that's because of the stuff that everybody goes to. Yeah. She started it. Queen Elizabeth the first in 1571. It should have been called smart ass hats. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Smart ass hats. Nobody likes the English either. (laughs) Yeah. They can go ahead and hang out with the French for all I care. Yeah. But you you know, hold on, hold on. You know, there are people who are listening to us in England. You know, there are people who are listening to us in France. Shut it down. You know that we have people listening to us in Germany. Let me explain something to you. Yes. I'm very fond of Europe in general. Except for France. And all joking aside, I think, of course, the English are the closest to us that there is, even though we won. Nah, I joke around about the English. Germans, Germans are okay. I mean, Heidi Klumans, she's German. So what the hell? And then you got people from Liechtenstein. (laughs) (laughs) This is an audio podcast, but you can't see his face. He actually contorts his face when he says Liechtenstein. No, I don't. Yes, you do. (laughs) That's the way it looks. (laughs) (laughs) That's the vintage look. 
That's a vintage retro. It's retro. retro. retro I just vintage. copied. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. The designer Valentino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thought that red, he said, I think the red is a sexy color. <laughs> okay. So he thought red was a sexy color for women. So he used a specific red and he used it all the time. And he became, of course, the popular designer that he is. You have Gucci, you have Valentino, you have, um, whatchamacallit, it, um, the one that they shot. Uh, what's his name? Versace. Yes, him. Boy, <laughs> Nick, you're good at this. <laughs> Nick has a secret feminine side. Well, you know what my real name is, but go on. Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have so many vowels in my name that if I were to go on Will of Fortune, I'd be selling them. so anyway valentino loved the color red he loved it so much he used it all the time right okay now they call that color valentino red and he uses it in every single collection as a signature color and and a statement you know it's a brand for him valentino red wow i'm not narcissistic i'm not conceited i'm convinced Name mm-hmm. the color after me. Well, speaking of colors, pink and blue, pink is for girls, blue is for boys, right? Well, that's what the, any baby shower would have you believe or a gender reveal parties. But right. it wasn't always so. In fact, it was the opposite for a long time. What? As recently as 1918, a clothing catalog advised that pink was the ideal color for little boys because, quote, it's a stronger and more passionate color and because it's actually derived from red. I wonder if it's Valentino red. I'm not sure. Mm. And for girls, blue is a much more delicate and dainty tone. Yeah. The magazine was called uh, Light in the Loafers. (laughs) Available at your newsstand now. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. (laughs) Okay. I got one last one. Okay. And being that Nick and I, of course, don't discuss things, but sometimes it just works out this way. Yeah. The reason why police usually wear the color blue and get your pens ready, folks, is because throughout the fashion industry for thousands of years, blue is considered the color of loyalty. And so most police uniforms are blue it's almost 90 percent well they call it except for the french who wear yellow just to confuse (laughs) send your complaints to our website nickandroy.com and that's where you can send an email click on the complaints to www.frog.com no 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 they're a delicacy in some restaurants you go to our website, nickandroy.com, and click on Contact Us, and we might put you on the show. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? This is an email from Jody from Madison, Wisconsin. Now, I don't Hi, know. Jody. I don't know if Jordan's male or female, because it could be either or. Maybe Jody. Okay, excuse me then. Hello, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure what color dress Jody was wearing or what not color. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. So thank you, Jody, for writing in Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you for all the people from Wisconsin. For Dear Nick and Roy, we really enjoy your show every week. I wanted to ask you guys something. Okay? That's a, you've reached the right place. On a TV program, I saw a new father handing out cigars upon the birth of his baby. Mm. It had me wondering. Would Nick and Roy know anything about that? <laughs> okay. I like cigars. Yeah. Thank you, Jody, uh, for 
trusting us. Would Nick and Roy know something about that? Well, thanks, she says, or he says, thanks and keep up the good work, Jody. Well, Jody, thank you very much for your trust in us and giving you useless information. Jody, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you had to do was click send, and that was it. Your life changed forever. The tradition of handing out cigars may have started in colonial America. Pacing in a parlor for hours was the expected practice of a father while the missus was tending to, the, she was in the bedroom with the midwife or doctor giving birth. The custom actually came from indigenous North American tribes who marked occasions like a birth with a gift-giving feast called potlatch. Roughly a year from the child's birth, the family would hold a potlatch to give gifts to these people in attendance on behalf of the child. Only well-to-do Native families hosted a potlatch. The tribal slaves were forbidden to attend or host one. Hmm. An extravagant display of wealth can be found at a potlatch, including blankets, animal skins, food stores, and ornamental coppers. You know, I actually hang out sometimes with Rocky Patel who I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with cigars, but Rocky Patel is now one of the finer cigars. It's fantastic. I mean, it's up there with your Macanudos and your Cohibas and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Rocky's a cool guy. His brother, Mish, really super, really cool guys. But his cigars have taken off unbelievably all around the world. So if you haven't ever smoked a Rocky Patel cigar, this is brought to you by Rocky Patel Cigars and Hyundai. <laughs> wow. There you go. So once again, if you want to send I'm us trying to keep listen, I'm trying to keep Hyundai in business. I just bought one and they gave me a seven year warranty. If they go what? out of business, I don't get my seven years. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was uh, what was OK? I we, we quote Roddy Dangerfield a lot because he was one of our favorites. He said, I just uh, signed a two year deal with GM. I bought a new car. <laughs> you can send your emails to nickandroy.com. What's in the mail? Yeah, I like the the warranty expires when you do. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely useless. No, it's not a picture of me and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> At nickandroy.com. <laughs> Here's a useless fact that we um, actually spoke about on the Canada Now show with Jeff Samet on uh, Sirius Radio on Tuesdays at 2.30 Eastern Time on Channel 167 on your satellite radio. Yeah, on Sirius Radio. We're on there now, too. We're all over the place. We're on people's shows. We're, 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 we're... Yeah. Can't get rid of us. Yeah. So, folks, go to nickandroy.com, www.nickandroy.com. Leave us an email, too, and, and get on there because you can get all the shows. You can do all the older shows, too. Four seasons. They're vintage shows. Yeah, like we dis- we've we discovered this stuff before Netscape. Netscape was the f- one of the first uh, internet browsers. Yeah. That's old. Yeah. So what's the useless fact that you have other than what you just Oh, I us? lost a train of thought. No. Here's the useless fact that's really cool, so okay. get your pants. All right. If you got into a 727 jet... Uh regular passenger plane and flew from the moon to the sun, Mm -hmm. normal passenger plane. It would take you 20 years to travel from the moon to the sun. Okay. That's a lot of crappy plane food (laughs) (laughs) and a very sore tush. (laughs) What, What kind of airline is that? Could you imagine this, the the, the seatbelt sign doesn't go on for like eight years. 
That's right. Go off. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing in science, science, science. When you think of lakes, you think of, you know, thoughts of tranquility and summers and hanging out. Makes me want to pee. <laughs> yeah, because you're old. <laughs> That's why. It has nothing to do with the lake or Niagara Falls. It's the fact that yeah, you you're at that certain age where you uh, always... people say to me, "We're going to the lake." You're in. <laughs> <laughs> what a pisser! So <laughs> piss off. So yeah, so lakes bring you you know thoughts of tranquility, and you just you know summers relaxing by the lake, but not lethal explosions. But Africa has experienced bursts of volcanic gases rising to the surface, very much like Roy and I have experienced volcanic gases. I I have that when I jump in a lake sometimes. <laughs> it comes out a big bubble comes up, boom, and it just like it, it, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't explode, but everybody still runs. <laughs> That's right. It leaves destruction in their wake, both the volcanic <laughs> gases in Africa and when Roy jumps in the lake. Yeah, boom. In August of 1986, gases below Lake Nyos in Cameroon, which sits above the 950-mile-long chain of volcanoes, known mm. as the Cameroon Volcanic Line. How creative, huh? The yeah, Cameroon, right. <laughs> the Cameroon Volcanic Line. Cool, like kaboom. Kaboom. Right? <laughs> became concentrated when it came to the surface and explosive degassing of 1.6 million tons of carbon dioxide occurred, forming mm -hmm. a 160-foot-high cloud. Yeah, you go back to work, your eyebrows are singed <laughs> off, and they go, oh, you're at the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went to Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and they do, they do uh, explain quite precisely, Roy and I, explosive degassing. Yes, exactly. Mine is not volcanic. Mine is more uh, related to the legum family, the beans. <laughs> In fact, I turn a pool into a jacuzzi sometimes. <laughs> it's the poor it's man's... It's a small pool, you know, a kiddie pool. But <laughs> it's the poor man's jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah, I fill up a kiddie pool and eat a can of beans and jump in. Hey, want to know something really exciting? Why don't you take a couple of tablets of Alka-Seltzer, put them in your bathing suit, and then don't jump in the lake? <laughs> Scientists know more about the moon than they do about our oceans. And we've all heard that, right? Mm -hmm. But they do know now how deep the ocean is. On average, now again, this is an average, starting from, I guess, you know, an inch to whatever. But on average, 12,080 feet. And you guys in Canada do the breakdown. But 12,080 feet. Mm -hmm. Okay? You doing the breakdown, Nick? Yes, I am. I knew you were. <laughs> okay, that's on average. But the deepest point so far that they've found is 36,000 200 feet. Wow. I mean, just think about that. 36,200 feet. 36,000 feet would be somewhat, what, almost like a thousand meters. Oh, I can't do the math anymore now. I'm still trying yeah, to. That'd be feel. like a thousand eighty. Yeah. Close to mine. Dollar eighty seven. Do I hear dollar? Thousand ninety going once. Thousand ninety. Cosmic dust sounds magical. It's cosmic dust. But chances are you've inhaled a good amount of it on your way to work today. 
actually cosmic dust sounds like something you'd buy at McDonald's at a Colombian McDonald's. <laughs> That's right. There you go. It's white. It's in a little baggie. It's like kind of odd. The only soft drink they sell is Coke. <laughs> on a daily on a daily basis, dust from meteorites, comets, and other solar bodies fall to Earth in tiny particles that increase the levels of sodium and iron in the planet's atmosphere. Scientists studying the phenomenon estimate that altogether about 60 tons of cosmic dust is falling to Earth every single day. Archaeologists have found that in the city of Pompeii, they noticed that every house had a bathroom. Oh. Which was amazing for the time period because they were like, wow. But they also noticed that every bathroom was on the second floor. Because the Italians figured out that gravity pulls liquid down. Mm. So they put the bathrooms on the second floor so that the plumbing worked automatically when you urinated in it. It went down. And being that it was on the second floor, it had enough power on it to go down and into the pipe in the street, which led to the aquifer to get it the hell out of there. How cool. Really smart Italians. They were. Mamma mia. They said if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. That's it. They said, but they said, if it's a brown, you flush it down. If it's a yellow, you let it go like a jello. <laughs> Ew, yellow jello. He's a very nice fellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His name is Luigi. Okay. Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi who farts comic dust. If a storm gets intense enough, it can make it look like rocks were walking. That's been, well, it depends on how much dust you've been inhaling. Exactly. That's been documented multiple times in California's Death Valley, where conditions can occasionally be just right, not too sunny, with steady winds and standing water for rocks, sometimes weighing hundreds of pounds to appear to move on their own. I've seen it. You have. It is insane. There was a show on television. Really cool, guys. See if you can look it up on YouTube or something. Moving rocks. Moved by themselves or something like that. You're going to see it. It is so cool. It looks like they move feet at a time. And they actually have like a a, a, where it looks like there was a track where they went. I mean, you have to see it. It's it's very cool. Very cool. There you go. Yeah. The chances of having the same fingerprint as someone else is one in get the pens folk folks folk get the pens of folk <laughs> get the pens you folk folk you <laughs> okay the chance of having the same fingerprint as somebody else one in 64 billion oh one in 64 billion so i repeat i didn't do it your honor <laughs> <laughs> It was the other guy, 1.65 billion person. By the way, by the way, the study of fingerprints is called dactyloscopy. Dactyloscopy. Oh, very. Yeah. I, I Which did... sounds almost Italian. Dactyloscopy. Yeah. With a side of penne and a little bit of a vino. It's all good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If the show ends abruptly, the authorities have found us. Dactyloscopy uh, sounds like something they put up the old poopa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the lar- the largest living organism is a fungus. Oh wow. Not not cool as a giant gorilla or something, but the largest living organism on the planet is actually a honey fungus. 
that spreads 2.4 miles in the Blue Mountains of Oregon. Though you must see the individual yellow-brown mushrooms sprouting on the surface, they're actually connected to a giant organism underneath the surface. So oh, the cool. The largest cool. living organism is a fungus. It's a real fun and guy. And how long? How long? Uh, 2.4 miles. Oh, my God. That is so cool. It is. And it's all from underneath. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is more water in the atmosphere than all the rivers on Earth put together. So there's more water floating around in the atmosphere than all the rivers on Earth put together. So when God says build a boat, just do it. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't ask questions. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We talked about animals, we talked about music and science. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. An outhouse is probably a good place to be if you're going to have the um, crap scared out of you. Shannon Stevens visited her commode in Chilcot Lake, Alaska. Turned out to be a heart-stopping... Let's stop for one sec. Yes. Chill cock? Chill cat. Chill cat. Oh, I'm sorry. Chill cat lake, Alaska. I, swear, I think the I think the listeners are gonna think it sounded like No, chill, chill cat. I'm gonna apologize if I wasn't enunciating. Because I was breaking out the thermals just thinking about it. But go ahead. <laughs> it was a heart stopping experience at the outhouse, probably a little bit painful. The moment when she came butt to face with a curious bear. What? She was says, in the outhouse? She says, I just sat down, and the thing bit me right away. I jumped up, screamed, and screamed to my, for my brother. Eric Stevens came running over from his yurt on his property. When you heard... Yurt? It's one of those, it's like a little tent. It's like a little oh. outdoor tent, okay? When he heard his sister scream, he ran towards the outhouse and found his sister with a puncture wound on her butt. <laughs> she was still standing there with her pants down, he said. Wait a minute. The That's... bear was in the hole? Yes. What? How, what, he bit her and got out? Well, hold on. Let me read the story. Let me read I, you the I, news. I, I'm still in the yurt. <laughs> she, <was> still... <laughs> she got hurt in the yurt. She was still standing there with her pants down, her brother said. What bit you? Where is it? And boy, you look hot. No. And she said... In the, <laughs> That's strange, but yes. go ahead. Dear Penthouse, no. She said, the bear is in the hole. Her yeah. brother... No, sh- it gets worse. No. Her brother <laughs> shined worse. the headlamp and opened the, the lid. Was like, well, bend over. There you go. <laughs> so I can see him. No, oh, go ahead. not that hole. And right there... <laughs> Okay, so, still in the hole, the bear. <laughs> <laughs> so he took the lamp and he shone it on the hole, and right there, the level of the toilet seat was a cinnamon, a cinnamon-colored bear face. Cinnamon. Why? <laughs> he was probably white before he went into the hole. He was only cinnamon because he was in a, a poop hole. <laughs> God. The, guy, the guy actually gave a color. I don't even what. But Go his- back in the girt. <laughs> <laughs> so here he was. He was his face. It was big enough to fill the hole, according to the brother. The yeah. siblings bolted from the outhouse in fear, returning to the yurt to treat Shannon's wounds. Yeah, because you know when a bear's around, you always want to have at least 
one inch of gauze to protect you. <laughs> one inch of canvas. Yes. You know? That's really a lot of protection against a bear filled with poop. <laughs> it was a cinnamon-colored bear face. A wildlife, a wildlife biologist, uh, Carl Koch, with the Alaskan Department of Fish and Game, who investigated the incident, believes Stevens encountered a black bear but isn't sure if she was bitten or simply swiped with a paw. Oh, but Koss yeah. said that he's never heard of something. Might have given her a good spanking. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, spank me again. He's smoky. He's like, don't do forest fires. And hey, baby. <laughs> Back that up. <laughs> she's, got a, she's got a boo-boo on her butt. The, the experience has changed the way Shannon will approach her outhouse. If nothing else, she says, I mean, I'm definitely going to look down in the hole next time. Yeah, she's going to have some bowel problems from the future on. I mean, really. I've heard of snakes coming up. Yeah. Rats in the toilet. But a cinnamon-colored bear. <laughs> you know the why? Cinnamon-colored oh. cinnamon bear. He was looking for cinnamon buns. <laughs> Too bad it was his sister. I know. <laughs> and not just some strange girl. Yeah. <laughs> Again, dear penthouse. That would have been interesting. <laughs> and that's news from around the world. And that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Totally Uses Information with Nick and Roy. We are going to scour the Internet far and wide and find out more useless information for you guys next time. Yeah. So for up until next week, me and Nick will be in the girt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a yurt. I had no idea, a yurt. A I yurt. had no idea what a yurt was. I still wouldn't call it a yurt. I'd yeah. call it a tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then again, some mornings I wake up with a TV. But that's another story. <laughs> Go to www.nickandroy.com. So it's www.nickandroy.com. Uh, give us some information. Uh, tell us about yourselves. We'll put you on the air. Thank you so much, everybody around the world, for listening in. So tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.